Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, God. Your name is above all others. It's the only name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 You may be seated. We are so glad that you are with us this morning for worship. If you're a guest, welcome. I started the first service this way, and I'll start the second one that this way as well. It wasn't uh, planned or in my notes, but I just want to address the moment, um, what I'm sure many of you are aware of uh, going on in uh, Asbury, Kentucky. I don't know if that's the city name. It's the college name, Asbury. Are they Wil- Wilmington or Wilmore? Wilmore? Yeah. Um, but um, God's just been moving. I think it's been uh, well over a week now. Um, and it all started in just a chapel service. And the, the Spirit of God or the presence of God was there. And they just decided to stay. <laughs> and, and they didn't leave. And I think it's fantastic. I, I don't question it. It's funny. I've seen people, you know, there's people talking about oh, how, you know, we need to be like, I don't know if critical is the right word, but just, you know, careful and um, that kind of stuff. Uh, but everything that I have seen seems like it's the Spirit of God and, and just very honest and real. Um, and they've done a very good job of, of just hosting the presence of the Lord is still sitting there in that presence. Uh, I think one of the things that I've been uh, that has just stood out to me as I've watched some of the some of the feeds and clips is um, just how natural it is. It's, I, it definitely don't don't take this as a critical thing, but like it's nothing what you would say is special as far as the the music being played or the talent or anything in the room it's which from the very first time I saw it I was just like God's in that room the presence of the Lord is in that room because it's not about anything else and and all that to like just I didn't even say this in the first service but um depending on how many times you've been here this may be your first time at New Covenant but in the last year or so we've been doing a remodel in this room if you'd have been here a year ago we had 30 year old carpet 20 something year old chairs um old just everything was old you know and dilapidated and I was thinking about it and I was like you know God's not going to show up at New Covenant because we updated but he also wasn't going to show up more so because we had old stained carpet. Like that, there's not anything holier about old and un, you know, that we haven't kept it up to date. But there's also not anything that where like it's going to be something more special now. Like that has nothing to do with it. But I think that's what stands out there is that part. It has nothing to do with it. God's there. Amen. And what the word says is that 
Because this, and, and I mean, man, if you've got the means and the desire and you want to go there to that particular place and experience what's going on in that place, go for it. I'm not trying to say that's a bad thing either. But what I read in the word is, if you seek me, you will find me. If, and, and that's what is happening is they're just staying in the presence of God. They're praying. They're worshiping. I guarantee you. If you stay in the presence of the Lord and worship him and give him that time and that focus, you will find him. You will hear his voice. He will show up. He's he's here this morning. I mean, there's no question. And the more time that we spend in that presence, the the more that he's going to work in our life. And that's actually what we're uh, talking about this morning as we continue in this uh, foundations series, this this morning's message is called Transformed Lives Built on the Rock. And we're going to be looking at this foundational principle that's found throughout all of Scripture that proclaims following Jesus Christ leads to a transformed life. And we're going to start out again in Psalm 11 verses 1 through 3, but from a slightly different perspective. David wrote these words in in Psalm 11. It says, in the Lord, I take refuge or in the Lord, I trust. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? So David's counselors are telling him to flee, to run away. Uh, because his life is in danger in the lives of the people that he's responsible for. And David says, I'm not going to run away. I'm going to stand. I'm going to take my refuge in the Lord who I trust. And then, of course, verse 3 says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And it's that last statement that I looked at a little bit differently as I was preparing this week's message The last two weeks, if you were with us, you know that we read the parable uh, where Jesus taught about the house being either built on the rock or built on the sand. And anything that was built on the rock would stand. Anything that was built on the sand would fall. And of course, the rock is Jesus Christ. But it occurred to me that the righteous uh, that David is referring to in Psalm 11 don't have anything to fear. We don't have to be worried about all the foundations being destroyed, not if they're built on the rock of Jesus Christ. Anything built on the rock will stand. Now, if we've got stuff that we've erected on the sand, yeah, worry about it. Because there's a 100% chance that's going to fall. It's a promise. But if our foundations are built on the rock of Jesus Christ, they will stand We don't have to fear. We don't have to be afraid. And that's why David was able to respond. I'm not going to run away. I'm going to stand because my refuge, my hope is in the Lord. Hebrews 12, 26 through 29 makes this very clear. It says yet once more. And this is God speaking yet once more. I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. 
Could it be any clearer? It's exactly what Jesus said in the parable of building on the rock or on the sand. Everything will be shaken. He said, the wind's going to blow. The rain's going to pour. The flood's going to come in. Everything is going to be shaken. And everything that is built on the sand is going to fall. And he said, not only will it fall, great will be its fall. But everything built on the rock will stand. And notice that this passage says, it's God himself doing the shaking. Sometimes when, when everything we've built up crumbles around us, we cry out at God and say, how could you let this happen? And he says, I shook it down. Because you built it on the sand. It wasn't rooted on the rock in Jesus Christ. And everything that's not built on the rock is going to fall. And God himself is going to make sure of it. He's the one doing the shaking. And why? In order that the things that cannot be shaken will remain. And why can't they be Why can't the things that remain be shaken? Because everything that's built on the foundation stone, the rock, Jesus Christ, will stand. It will remain. Do you know what the most important thing is that we need to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ is? Us. The body of Christ. Our life. And I said a moment ago that we're going to talk about a transformed life this morning. And we are. We're about to look at, a, at how it's during this process of building and rooting our life in Christ Jesus. As that process is done, we are transformed. It's a process that we walk in in Christ Jesus. And this is made clear in Colossians chapter 2 verses 6 through 15. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If not, it'll be up on the screen. Starting in verse 6, it says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught. Does that sound like building yourself on the rock of Jesus Christ? Abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. That's powerful. That's the word of God. That is the truth. 
Did you notice all the in hymns in those verses? That's one of the things that stood out to me as I was preparing this message. I think it's, uh, we often default to saying Christ is in us. And there's a particular passage found in Colossians 1.27 that I think really drills that in. It says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And there's a few scriptures that talk about Christ being in us. Even Jesus saying, I'm standing at the door and knock. If you open, I'll come in. And there's a few of those, but there are far more, many, many more scriptures that say that we are in Christ. I would prefer to be a little me in a big Christ than have a little Christ in me. When we find ourselves in Christ, He's our righteousness. He's our holiness. He's everything that we're not. And we can be alive in Him and have our relationship in God when we're in Christ Jesus. In that passage, in just those ten verses, there were seven times that it says that we are in Him. It encourages us to walk in Him. That we're to be rooted and built up in Him. We are filled in Him. We're circumcised in Him. Buried in Him through baptism. Raised in Him through faith. And finally, God the Father, triumphing over sin and evil rulers and authorities in Christ Jesus. There's power when we're in Christ. That's our identity. We sang about it a, a moment ago. Our identity is found in Christ Jesus. And once we are in Christ, we are called to participate with Him. Verse 10 said that we are to put off the body of flesh. We step out in faith when we are baptized. We confess our sins. And the Word says God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But we have to participate in those things. We're transformed by walking with Him over time, in process, with work, with effort. This process is made clear in Colossians 3, verses 1 through 17. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death. That's something being spoken to us. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. This is in Christ, through the power that we receive in Christ. The Word says that those whom the Son sets free are free indeed. And in Him, we can put to death sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And in these things, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and in all. 
Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Amen. That's the word of God. Did you see all those actions that we can participate with him in? Seek him. Set our minds on him. Put to death everything that is earthly in us. Put evil away. Take the old self off. Put the new self on, which is being renewed. It's a process. Put on all the good things. Forgive others. And above all, put on love. Be thankful. Teach. Admonish in all wisdom. Sing praise with thankfulness. And absolutely everything that we do should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ while giving thanks to God the Father while we do it. We are called to do those things. To participate with Him in those things. While we walk these things out in the power of the Holy Spirit, by the grace and mercy of God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, He enables us to continually take off the old self and put on the new self. It's a process of sanctification. And during that process, the Bible says, the Word of God says that we are literally transformed As we do those actions over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, we're sanctified and transformed in Christ Jesus. And it's not by works. The Bible is clear. It's not by works that no one can boast. It is by the blood of Jesus Christ. But when He saves us, He calls us to walk with Him, to participate with Him. It's not without effort. How many of you have ever decided that you wanted to get in shape? Anybody, anybody want to admit, admit to that? I've done it once or twice in my life. How many times can we decide to be in shape? And if we just sit on the couch and eat potato chips and say, well, I decided. I decided to, I'm committed to being in shape. And I'm going to sit here till it happens. <laughs> and if it doesn't, I'm going to blame God. I made a decision. What's the deal? Why is it taking so long? Why is, why is it still so hard? Why am I still not in shape, God? I decided to be in shape. You have to step out. You have to change. You have to begin a transformation process. I mentioned it a moment ago about the people flocking to that uh, chapel in Asbury. 
They're deciding to go get in the presence of God and stay there for hour after hour after hour after hour. The Word of God says, again, we're supposed to gather together in a place like this. We're to to gather and worship together and encourage one another. But the Bible also says, and Jesus said, we can go to our closet in the secret place and seek Him and pray. That it's not about anyone else or anything else that we are to seek Him with our whole heart, with our whole mind, with our whole body, with our whole soul, with everything that is within us. We're called to seek Him. I promise you, if you do that, you will find Him. And that's what they're doing. And He's there. And He's here right now. But if we go home and say, well, I made a decision to follow Christ And I want to become spiritually mature in Christ. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to scroll Instagram and Facebook and watch TV till it happens. That's what we do. And we tell God, I made a decision to follow you. And I want and I repented of my sin and I gave it to you. And now I want it to be totally removed from me. But I'm going to go do it again until you take it away. Till you remove the desire, till you somehow miraculously transform me, and that's not a problem anymore. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that prayer with sins that I was struggling with, and I would tell God, just take the whole desire away. And I was, I mean, I was being honest. I really just wanted it to be removed, but I wanted it to be removed in the way that I want to be in shape without working out, without doing anything. There's a passage in the Bible that says, We'll really get into it next week. But it says, I have not resisted to bloodshed. I've not resisted sinning to bloodshed. If we're really honest about it, our best efforts, all of our trying, we really haven't tried that hard. And we blame God and say, you didn't do it. You didn't do your part. You didn't change me. And he's like, I'm here. I'm just waiting for you to show up, to seek me through my word, to pray. Oh, and it, I tried it and it didn't work. You have to do it over and over. You listen and you keep listening and then you listen some more and then you listen some more. And if you still haven't heard anything, listen some more. Wait on him. You read the Word and you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth of God to you. And then you do it again and you read some more. And you ask the Holy Spirit again and you read some more. And you ask Him again and you read some more. And you do it over and over and over and over. If we make Him a priority, He will show up. He said, the Old Testament, if my people who are called my, by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, then I will come and heal their land. All he's saying is, seek me and you'll find me. It's a promise. It's a guarantee. But we have to participate with him in it. When Amy Spears was here a few weeks ago, she shared some 
some of this process. And really, it, it literally is what those verses are saying, uh, just outlined in a different way about how our behavior and actions uh, work and how we can participate with God in this process, in this renewing process, in this sanctifying process. And we're going to look at it a little bit more. Um, everything that's on the screen, don't worry about taking notes. I think some of y'all got this on the way in. If you didn't get one, there's plenty of handouts uh, in the foyer, and you can get one on the way out. But everything that's going to be on the screen is in in this. And we're going to look at this process and I'll walk you through it. And it's something that you can do on your own. It's something that you could do with your spouse, something that you could do with your children or anybody else that you have a relationship that would be willing to, to walk through this with you. This first picture is called the pain cycle. And that pain cycle, it it says, I feel up there in the upper left-hand corner. So we feel something when we get under stress um, or or in a, in a negative situation. And the first thing that happens is our feelings kick off. And these are things, we're talking about healthy habits in our identity in Christ, of all those scriptures of what we're supposed to put off, anger and malice, and forgive people who have offended us, and all those things, and we're supposed to love and do all the positive characteristics. Well, our natural uh, instinct, you could say, before we're alive in Christ, is sin. We're dead to God. We're alive to, to sin and the earthly things. And so those habits have gotten in place and we, we just fall right in to, uh, uh, almost like an automated response. Like if you ever, uh, driven to the same job for, you know, 10 years every day and you take that same route and then one day you're like, I need to go to the grocery store before I go to work. And then you look up and you're parked at your parking spot at work. You know, have anybody ever done that? It's because you've done it over and over and over and you literally do it without thinking. That's what this is talking about. And it takes lots of practice being in Christ Jesus, asking the Holy Spirit to help us to get out of those habits. And we have to participate with him in it to take those things off and put on the new. So we have that feeling. Then we have a coping behavior. And then after the coping behavior, you have other people's reaction. And then that just is a cycle that goes around. So when you say something, you feel threatened. You respond negatively. And the person you are dealing with then responds negatively back to you. So then you feel a different way. You cope another negative way. They respond negative again. And it just goes. Anybody who's married knows that you can do about 100 cycles of this in 10 to 15 seconds flat, right? You just, you know. And it's going back and forth. And it, and it happens over years and years of practice because we do it over and over and over again. So the next um, thing is the categories of the feelings. Uh, and so in pain and stress, we feel those things. We could feel unloved, inadequate, unacceptable, uh, powerless, out of control, any one of those emotions. And then that does a response uh, which is the, the coping behavior. So then we would react in harmful ways. We could blame others. We could shame uh, ourselves. We could try to control others uh, or control everything in our life. We could try to escape. Um, I do want to point out real quick that each of these things, if you'll be honest about it, you will respond and cope and uh, have a different pain cycle in different relationships. I notice, like in my relationship with Candy, in certain ways I would have a particular pain cycle, but then it might be different with my children or different with employees at work or um, 
friendship relationships. Like, again, and it, it wasn't that we thought it out really well and planned how we were going to live our lives. It's just that that's how we coped. We would feel a certain way and we would react a certain way. And then they just become habitual. And you don't even have to try anymore, right? Like, these things just pop out because it's what we've practiced. But there is a way to get out. And it's called the peace cycle. So in the peace cycle, you look at the truth. Every single, and, and we can show the list of the truths, um, there, every single one of these truths can be found in Scripture. That in Christ we are loved, worthy, significant. God calls us. We have a purpose in God. We're all special. All of these things, all of these truths are truths in Scripture. And if we apply those truths, it gives us the ability to then have a new behavior. So instead of escaping or running away or trying to control things, we can have a new response, which is uh, some of those responses are now, instead of running away or escaping, we'll engage. Uh, we can forgive ourselves. We can forgive others. We can connect. We can trust God. Just like uh, David did when he found his refuge in the Lord and didn't run away. He was going to stand up to his enemies. We can live in that truth. And there's four steps that we need to follow and repeat over and over and over again to create these new habits. Um, And it's also a really good idea to literally say them out loud. Uh, There's power in the word and in the spoken word. God himself, when he created heaven and earth, it says he spoke things into being. He said, let there be light. And there was light. So there's, there's power in that spoken word. God could have just had the thought and everything happened in a moment, but he chose to speak it into reality. So as you're going through these things, you can say them out loud. And so the first one is that you can say how you feel. This comes from the pain cycle. It's how you feel in that moment of pain or stress. Then you would say what you normally would do. Again, this comes from the pain cycle. It could be that normally I would just run away. I would escape. Um, I'm going to try mine's lecturing. Uh, if I talk long enough, I can convince you of anything. Um, or you'll check out, zone out, and be like, whatever, just stop talking. <laughs> you know, um, that's one of mine. Uh, so fill in the blank for whatever you would normally do in that scenario. And this is where we start to interject the change. Instead of acting on that feeling, we speak the truth, our identity in Christ. And that comes from the peace cycle. I'm loved, I'm known, I'm accepted by the Father in Christ Jesus. And then say what you will do different, a new action. Take off the old and put on the new. This also comes from the peace cycle. I'm going to engage and not run away. Just like David, my refuge and hope is in the Lord. I'll put my trust in him. And because my trust is in him, I will face this enemy with confidence in Christ Jesus. You can speak something like that out loud, but then the the most important thing Now actually do it. And you'll have to do it over and over and over and over again. I think the studies are like it takes like 61 days or something like that to create new habits. However old you are, that's how long you've been practicing the pain cycle. If I've done things, there's things I've done for 20 years, 25 years, 35 years, 40 years. And and then what we want to say is again, well, I decided, but it didn't work. I tried it, but it didn't work. Well, you've been trying that other thing for 20 years. Like, 
maybe do this more than once before you say it didn't work. You're going to have to do it over and over and over and invite the Holy Spirit in his power and be in Christ Jesus and remind yourself of the truth of the word of God and put yourself in that place over and over and over. And you will start to see a change. You know, the verse where Paul talks about putting on the armor of God, he says, putting on all those, all those pieces of armor. And then he says, and when you've done everything to stand, keep standing. If you build this on the rock of Jesus Christ, it will not fall. Nothing on heaven and earth will shake it, will shake you, because your hope, your strength, your refuge will be in the Lord, in Christ Jesus, and you will stand. But we have to participate with him in it. We're going to close with 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. It says, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We sang it earlier. It's found many places in Scripture. Paul on the road to Damascus had the scales fall off his eye or got blinded. Then the scales fell off his eyes. But the image there is that we're blind without the truth of Jesus Christ. We're blind without Him lighting our steps. We can't see the truth unless He reveals it to us. And our prayer, and what this verse says, is when we turn to the Lord, the veil's removed. You can see. You have the chance to see the truth. And that's what this is talking about. And those passages that we read earlier are saying, if you will practice it, if you will take off anger, if you will take off those sins, if you will put those things off over and over and over and put on love, put on joy, put on Jesus Christ over and over and over, He will transform you from glory to glory to glory. It's a promise. And this isn't talking about just like salvation. We are saved by grace. So that it's not about works. We're not working out our salvation. We, we come to Jesus Christ and we're saved, but then we spend the rest of our life maturing and strengthening and being developed in Him. And we have to participate in that process if we're going to grow. Paul like railed against some believers. He said, you should be adults in Christ by now and you're still babies drinking milk. He wasn't saying they weren't saved. He was saying they were immature babies. And he was telling them, grow up. The world needs a grown up church. And the only way that we'll get there is seeking him. Over and over and over and over again. We're going to close in prayer and worship. The front's open if you feel led to pray here. Uh, there's going to be a ministry team in back with Brant and Megan. If you would like to agree with someone in prayer. It's very important that we set this Time and space aside to respond to what the Holy Spirit's speaking to you this morning. He's speaking something to you, unique to you. He's opening up your ears. He's opening up your eyes to see. And it's important that you know Him. You hear Him. You respond to Him.
as he's calling you. Use this time of worship and prayer to respond to what he's speaking to you this morning. led in the first service to pray for a particular group and just feel the same thing in this service. You know, that passage that we've been focusing on in Psalm 11 says that David was under attack. The enemy was attacking him. And there's no question that we're under attack today. The enemy is is attacking us. He, he's always attacked his enemy. But specifically, if, if you feel this morning that, that you are under attack, you're under a spiritual attack from the enemy and if you want prayer for that just where you are raise your hand we're going to specifically pray for that and if you're around anybody uh, with their hand raised I just ask that you would uh, pray with them pray for them you can lay your hand on them each one of you you are the body of Christ you are sons and daughters of the most high God and we're, we're called to encourage one another to pray for one another So, Father, we just pray right now for everyone with their hand lifted, Lord. Lord, who who doesn't just feel they're under attack. They are under attack. Honestly, we are all under attack from the enemy. 
Lord, but we proclaim our hope, our trust, our faith, our refuge is in Christ the Lord. Father, I just pray strength. I pray that, uh, Lord, that all of us, not just those with their hands raised, all of us would put on every piece of the armor of God every day. Lord, and that after we've done all to stand, that we continue to stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. Lord, I just pray encouragement, your peace, your hope in every one of our lives this morning. Lord, the, the, the floods may come, the wind will blow, uh, every attack, every arrow that the enemy can send against us, they're all for nothing if we're in Christ Jesus. If we're standing on the rock, not one can succeed, Lord. We put our hope and trust and faith in you. Lord, we declare victory in the name of Jesus Christ. The battle's already been won. There is victory. Lord, your word said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. This is a room of free people this morning. Father, I just pray through the power and wisdom of the Holy Spirit that he would reveal the truth to us where we're still walking in the ways of the flesh, Lord. That you would give us the strength and the ability and the, uh, the drive to put them off over and over again and to put you on over and over and over again. Lord, all of our hope, all of our faith, all of our trust is in you and you alone. You really are our only hope. But that's not, that's more than enough. (laughs) Far, far and above enough. And we give you all glory and all honor and praise this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. Be blessed as you walk out in your sanctification and transformation in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message.